0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Welcome all of you watching online. Glad to have you if you need a Bible. Our ushers would gladly get you a Bible. And once you get that, you can turn with me to the book of Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to read this passage one more time, just one verse in there just going to show you some things that really jump out to me when I read this So again you're going to Malachi 3 A couple things I want to highlight again if you're married if you're desiring to be married if you're contemplating marriage I didn't say contemplating suicide I said contemplating marriage I, I welcome you on Sunday night at 6 and it'll be a great evening we really need to get you to sign up for that again this Sunday morning if you're married to someone that runs late, anybody in here married to anybody that runs late? It's okay, go ahead and admit it. Yeah, you're married to someone. Well, don't tell them that the time changes, goes back this, and you guys will be on time this week, okay? This, this would be a miracle for some of you, so no. Again, the time changes Sunday morning, so you get an hour more sleep, so be sure to make yourself available to that. One last thing is there's a bunch of, of women's stuff from Cherished and T-shirts. They're still selling out there. You can make yourself available to those things. We're going to go to Malachi 3. I want to jump to something just real quick. Just I know there's many of you in here that have experienced death recently. I, I know um, Terry Inahosa there and Rick and Noe Soseda, their, their daddy passed. And then uh, Kyler Root's not here, but him and Cassandra, his, his mother passed. Uh, Brad Phillips' mother passed. Eddie and Janice's son passed. And so, just, just a quick thought for you. you. know, the Apostle Paul said there in Philippians 1, he said, to die is to gain. And to depart be with Christ is, is far better. And so I just say that to encourage you that, you know, I, I, every now and then the Lord will give me glimpses of heaven. And any time I see people in heaven, there, there are no tears in heaven. They don't have an old frown on their face. I'm telling you, they are lit up. I mean, they are smiling, they are dancing. And so, again, I just wanna encourage you to celebrate those things because our God's a faithful God in these areas, all right? Okay, Malachi 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, we've been on this for several weeks. And so he says tithes, plural again, that there may be food or resources in my house And try me now and this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, there not be room enough for you to receive it. So I'm I'm reading this verse, and this happened years ago. But in that passage of scripture, he said, "To, to the one that honors me with their tithes, he said, I will open for you the windows of heaven. Now, if you pay real close attention, the word windows there is plural. He didn't say, I will open for you the window. He said, the windows of heaven. So I'm sitting there looking at that one day, and I I begin to sense the Lord moving me in this direction, that I I saw this picture of this house. And so let's just use an illustration here to help you with this, that your house is, say, it's it's three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage. And in almost every room of your house there's a window. And that window in each room of that house represents something very significant in your life. And so we think about this that you may have two children. So there's a window in each one of their rooms. So guess what our father said to to the tither, I want to bless The windows that lead to your children's home. And and then we jump to to your master bedroom. And the Lord said, I want to bless the the master bedroom. I want to bless the covenant of your marriage relationship. And I wanna bless your bathroom. I want you to have hot water. I want you to have a and I wanna bless the window to your kitchen so you have provision that your refrigerator's full and your pantry's full. And I wanna bless the window to your living room so when you gather together as a family, man, it is rich, it is blessed. Now, I don't know if you caught all this, but this is what I believe he's talking about, the windows of heaven. And every time I read that, the Lord says this, I want to bless every area of your life. There's a couple of you getting a little bit of that. And so when I read this, man, I I don't want to rob God of the opportunity to open the windows to every area of my life. Now... I can tell you this, I believe a lot of my areas that I get a walk in, and God's no respecters. He's not a respecter of persons. That's Acts 1034 that he says that. He's no respecter of persons. That there's areas of my life that have been so blessed, that I believe even in the area maritaly, that I'm blessed because of this. And so why am I telling you these things? Well, if you're a tither, I I double-dog dare you to start believing God in that area. Lord, open the windows of heaven. When you go into your kid's bedroom, say that. Now, if you're not a tither, it's not too late to jump on, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We honor you tonight. And we just thank you for your word, even in this area. That We're blessed to stand before Jehovah Jireh, the provider. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And Father, we thank you again tonight that you're still in the the blessing business of opening the windows of heaven, and we welcome that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, the goodness of God there. Okay, well, if you got your Bible, go with me to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6, and I don't know how many weeks we've been on this counterfeit series, and anything that's a counterfeit is an imitation. And so there's a lot of imitations in our world that, Try to take the place of only what God can be and do, and so we've been on this. And so again, you're going to First Timothy six now, to to rewind a little bit just to get your mindset where we've been in the last few weeks. in In First John two verse sixteen, remember he says that all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. So all all that's in the world, this is it. This is the makeup of the world. The, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the significance of my titles and my accomplishments. Now, last week when we were here, we got over to 1 John 5, verse 19. And it says this, that the whole world, not, not a part of it, not, not this nation or this nation. Now, he says, the whole world lays under the sway of the wicked one lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now, how much of the world does? The the whole world, the entire world, lays under the relentless temptation and the snare of the devil. So when you see this word world, it's talking about the current age, it's talking about the value system, but it's more like the godless system that operates this world. So if the whole world is under the sway of the evil one, and that's what the word of God said, then my only obstacle or buffer for me against the world is to be born again. I've got to have Jesus in my life. I've got to stay under the blood, the broken body, and I've got to live by the word of God day by day by day. Now, if you're not born again and you're not serving God, the, the only pool that you're gonna to go to because the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. So you're gonna be on, it's like a magnet that begins to pull us in that direction whether you like it or not. And so that's why it's so, so important that we get born again and we stay with the kingdom of God because again, there is a pool on the world like we haven't seen. Now to help you just a little bit more with this thinking process, Romans 12 verse two says, don't be conformed, don't be molded, don't be squeezed, don't be pressured, don't be conformed to this world. Now, there's a warning there that he tells us, I can be conformed to this world. If if I don't get born again, I don't fight back with the things of the kingdom of God. Again, the world's gonna suck me in. So he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed how I'm to be transformed By the renewing of my mind to the word of God. you got to get in the word. And and the word of God will begin to to change your thinking process. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, so is he. So every time you get into the word of God, you're renewing to your mind to to the things of God. Now, wow, that was quite an introduction, wasn't it? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Now, godliness, which could be holy to all, godliness is a holy all, Uh, godliness is my devotion to God. The way I live. Now, godliness with contentment or accompanied by contentment or better yet, satisfaction. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great profit. One translation says, it's great wealth. What is? To live godly and to live with contentment. Satisfaction. Verse 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So let me tell you. Everything you have right, it's not going with you, okay? Not going with you. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It's not going with you, okay? You came into this world, and I'm just going to say it buck naked, and you're going to leave this world with nothing, okay? He's warning us. So everything that I achieve here on this earth Is gonna stay here on this earth as far as my possessions. Verse eight. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content or we shall be satisfied. Now let me ask you something. Do you have food? I have food. And it's very apparent that we have clothing. I see it. Thank God we got clothing. And he said, with these we'll be content. Now, here's the great question mark off that Are you content with food and clothing? Because when I asked myself that question, it rocked my world. I sat there and thought about that. Man, I I ought to be so grateful that I I got food and clothing. This brings contentment, he says. Now, when I read that, I thought, man, Lord, what are you doing to us Americans? Pruning us. Changed my heart to say, man, I I ought to be appreciative for every uh, uh, piece of food I eat. I ought to be appreciative for my clothing. Verse 9, now listen close. But those who desire to be rich, those who crave to be rich. Now, if you'll catch something right there, you got to get this. He said those who desire or crave to be rich. He did not say those who are rich. He said, those who desire and crave to be rich. So guess what? You could have nothing but still desire to crave to be rich. True? Yes. And he goes on to tell us, when you live by that desire and that's your craving that you long to be, you fall into a temptation and a snare. A spiritual Trap and he goes on to end this part here, and he says, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, many, 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 many lusts and temptations. So, so guess what he begins to tell us here? And I'm talking about the apostle Paul. I'm telling you, there's a pool. There's a pool on us to get us to go to these snares and these traps. And he ends verse 9 and he says, Which drown or they plunge men into destruction and perdition or ru- ruin, corruption, destruction. Now, none of us in here are exempt from this. None of us. And it's interesting how the Apostle Paul brings this into here. And he says, man, you you got to be careful by, by what you're desiring and craving in this world. And a lot of this goes back to my motivation. Verse 10. For the love of money. Not money. He didn't say He said the love of money you know what? You may not have a dollar bill in your wallet, but you could still have a love for money. I gotta have money, gotta have money. I gotta have money. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. I gotta have money, I gotta have money. Now, money inherently is not evil. I mean, if I got a dollar in my back pocket, that dollar's not poking me in my back pocket and spend me, spend me, spend me. That money has no conscience. That money only does what I desire it to do. And so he says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith. They've been led astray because of greediness. Now here's a warning, this is what he's beginning to do here. And he says, the end part is, and they've pierced themselves through with many sorrows, with many griefs. And and when you look at this, it's sadness and regret. We've pierced ourselves through with many of these. And so right here he's talking about the price of being deceived by the love of money, where literally money becomes an idol. I, I look at money to, to take the place of God. I look to money to satisfy only what God can do. And so when you see here back to the word contentment, contentment doesn't come from how much money we have, But the freedom that results from understanding that we're living in God's provisions. I'm blessed. Everything I have is because of God. Every blessing He pours out on me, I return back with praise. So all that is is acknowledging Father God, you've blessed me, you've taken care of me, you've been good to me. Verse 17, now I'm jumping. Command those who are rich. Command those who are rich. Now, some of you in here would say, well, that eliminates me. No, it doesn't. You want to know the truth of the matter? As an American, you are richer than close to 95% of the rest of the world. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Because you have clothing, you have food, you have a roof over your head. you know the majority of the people in the world don't have a roof over there? How about this? Let's get a little personal here. How many of you got a car? How many of you got more than one car? You're rich compared to the rest of the world. Contentment again, contentment. How many in here have more than one pair of shoes? (laughs) How many of you have a closet full of shoes? I got a closet full of shoes. And guess what? I'm not against getting another pair. That's how bad it is. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this. How many people in the world don't even have shoes? And and yet, I got shoes about every color you can imagine. And I think about my tennis shoes. I sat there and thought, okay, I I got a pair of Adidas. I I got a pair of Jordans. I I hate Nike except for Jordans. I got a pair of Jordan. Actually, I got more than one pair of Jordan, okay? I got a pair of A6 running shoes. I, I got golf shoes. I got dress shoes. I got little things that kind of look like boots. And so when you look at everything, we got, we're rich. So really when we read this, this is applying to every one of us. Not me, but yes, it is. You, you know, one of the greatest things that knocks the American out of me is when I go to the orphanage in Juarez. A couple of years ago, I, I don't know who did it and I don't know why they did it, but they put me in charge of the shoe distribution to all the children that were under six years old. And I looked and I thought, who in the crud put me in this position? So these little kids, they'd come skipping in and they'd be so happy. And I didn't have a ruler or anything to measure their little foot. I'd just look at it and say, yeah, try that one on. And some of them, man, they looked like they could be in uh, the clown in the circus. I said, yeah, that'll work. Come here. I'd tie that on. But you know what it began to do to me? I saw little boys and girls that had never had a brand new pair of shoes. And I I would just begin to weep when I'd watch them. And they, they would walk around that kitchen and they would just look at their little shoes. And I remember getting up the next morning and I believe with all my heart, some of them slept in their new shoes. And my My Espanol is about as good as their English, but I could read their little hearts. And and I remember one year that we were able to take all the high school to a mall and we let them pick out their own own pair of shoes. And I sat back and I, I, I never forget these days that I would just begin to weep. i just sit there and weep and think, this is a child who's never gotten that opportunity to do that. Yet I, I live without contentment? And I begin to look at this verse here, and I thought, oh, Father God, you gotta help me. Command those who are rich in this present age not, not to be haughty not to be wrapped in arrogance or pride, nor to trust in uncertain riches. We we are not to expect riches to be our security or deliverance because earthly riches, they're only as good as the present value. And, And so guess what he's telling me and you here? It's a possibility. That, that I, I can allow my earthly riches to become my God. There's my security. And, and he ends this here and he says, But in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, he, he lavishes upon us. All these good things. So God's desire here is that we don't take a good thing and turn it to the ultimate thing or an idol. Now, when I read that last part of verse 17, you know what that tells me? God likes to bless his kids. And we should never apologize for the blessings. You honor and obey God, God's gonna bless you. But again, it wasn't for me to, to say, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Remember what the Lord said to Abraham in Genesis 12? He said, Dude, I've blessed you to be a blessing. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Now, just real quickly, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. And I tried to get here last week, and I never made it. And you may ask where Ecclesiastes is. You're going to go right after the Proverbs. Right after Proverbs, you come to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. I, I'm going to be here for the rest of the night. And oh my goodness, when I, I start reading this and I put myself in this passage, ooh, it begins to move with me. I'm going to start reading and we'll fill in the blanks. Ecclesiastes 1.1. 1. 1. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Everything with that statement right there points to his son Solomon. Okay, Not, not Pastor Solomon who sings up here. Solomon, king David's son, Okay. Now, verse two, watch the wording here. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity is of vanities. All is vanity. Now, with all that statement about vanity and vanities, what does that mean? It means utterly meaningless or useless, a most useless thing. So, this word vanity, is used over and over and over. It's useless, it's meaningless. Verse three. What profit gain value has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? So what he's telling us here, what gives genuine value to our existence? And what Solomon talks about here is there's no gain, there's no profit, there's no abiding value to man's labor of everything under the sun. So he begins to give us a warning. Chapter 2, verse 1. He said in my heart, come now, I will test you with mirth. Watch what mirth means. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. So the word mirth here is based off of a word called pleasure. He said, therefore, enjoy Pleasure, let's let's try pleasure. I want to have a good time. But surely this or pleasure is also vanity. It's useless, it's meaningless. I said of laughter, madness. And of mirth or pleasure, what does it accomplish? So I begin to look at things here with this word pleasure. We are a society that loves pleasure. I love pleasure. So I begin to look at this word, and I started tracing it different parts in the here and there. And I begin to think, what all does this word actually mean? So it comes to a word called amusement. A lot of times we use it with amusement parts. So the word amusement here literally means to be amused or to be entertained. That describes our society, big time. So when I read this word amusement, it comes from the world of worship. The word muse, M-U-S-E, that we see in the middle of amusement, the root word of that was from a female Greek god. That's where that birthed from. And it means without reflection. And so what goes on here with this word is a lack of inspiration, a lack of uh, uh, expression. So guess what takes place? We become bored. How many of you got children have ever said, I'm bored? I'm bored. Entertain me. Entertain me. So this is exactly what he's talking about. And so with boredom, with being bored, we become apathetic. We become apathetic, we become restless, and then we become dissatisfied. I'll never be satisfied because the word amusement adequately has the meaning, can't get no satisfaction. Day by day, I want to be amused. I, pleasure. Interesting, huh? Verse 3. I searched in my heart, listen to this, how to gratify or to please my flesh with wine, while guiding my heart with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly or foolishness, till I might see what was good for the sons, the lust of the eyes, and of men to do the lust of my flesh under heaven all the days of my life. That was his goal right there, to see and to do. I made my works great. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I made my works great. You see an evidence of pride. But if you really want to trace pride in this, if you look at the entire passage here, He uses the word I over and over again. I, I, I. If you had time to look at Isaiah 14, you would see the root of I comes from the devil where he did the five I wills, I wills. So when I take on the I, I, look at me, I, 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 it's literally the form of pride that says, Look at everything I've done. Now, this is what he's saying I made myself great. My work's great. I built myself houses. I planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards. I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to the water growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants that had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures were were material objects of kings in the provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of son of men, and musical instruments of all kinds. Now I said all that quick. That was a mouthful. But what you begin to see, this guy had everything imaginable. And that last part, it was the form of entertainment. He said, "I have singers." I had singers, he had Elton John, he had Michael Jackson, he had Beyonce, he had Justin Bieber, he had, some of you like Willie Nelson, I mean he had them all. He had had the greatest singers there were And, and then it said all the instruments, whoever your favorite guitar player, your favorite drummer, your favorite saxophone player, he had every one of them. And so you know what he's saying? Amuse me, perform for me. Verse nine. So I became great. What a statement. And I excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Now listen, listen. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. The lust of the eyes. Whatever my eyes saw. I did not withhold my heart or my flesh from any pleasure, the lust of my flesh, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward for all my labor. Then I looked on all the words that my hands had done, everything i had accomplished, and on the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity. Every stinking bit of it was vanity. It was meaningless, it was useless. Now what happens here by by humanity, we learn one of two ways. We learn by wisdom from people like this, and I don't want to do that way, or we learn the hard way. And some of you say, well, everything he had, I'd kinda like to learn the hard way, I'd kinda like to experience this. I'd kinda like to have all that. But yet he said all was vanity. And then he says, and grasping or chasing for the wind. You know what that means? It was a loose thief. You can try to catch the wind all you want, you're not gonna catch it. And he ends in verse 11, he says, there was no prophet under the sun. He looked everywhere under the sun And nowhere did it bring any satisfaction. And this statement, there was no prophet under the sun, in 12 chapters of Ecclesiastes, he uses that statement 29 times. He's warning us, don't fall for the lust of the flesh, the lust that, don't fall for the pride of life. Don't get caught up in that. Verse 17, now watch this. Therefore, I hated life. This was a man who had everything. He had everything. I hated the work that was done under the sun. It was distressing to me for all his vanity and grasping for the wind. The answer wasn't found in pleasure, wealth, or my accomplishments. Now, as I began to read it, I thought, this, this is the greatest example I think we can take to people to show us if I'm putting my trust in my occupation, farming, rent, whatever. If that's my sole source of satisfaction, you're going to be vanity, vanity. Now I got just a few minutes here. Go with me to the last chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Now, Watch what he says here in verse 13. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He's at the end of his life and he said, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, reverence and worship God, and keep or do his commandments. The message says, do what he tells you. So at the end of his life he's saying, this is the whole conclusion right here. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. The things of the world, he sent are vanity. Those things, they're gonna pass away. But my relationship with God is all that will stand. That's it. Verse 14. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So my promise here or or my priorities here shouldn't lie in the things of this life, but in God. In God. Pretty simple when I read that. But as I read the whole thing, every bit of things we talked about tonight, man, I had to begin to look in my heart and I said, Lord, man, I'm out of order in some areas of my life. I'm dominated by this or I'm dominated by that. man, I told God start, start purging, purging me and pruning me whatever I'm dominated by. and you know that in your heart I want you to stand up here and then we're going to get you out of here. Woof, wasn't that good? Golly, It's incredible the word of God. And so when I read this thing, God's not against me. Blessed, God's not against me being a rancher from. That's not what we were saying. But when those things become my identity, when I I, I think I, I got to have all these accomplishments, I got to be entertained, I got to be amused. And man, I look at that and I think, I I have a hard time sitting still. I I, I got to be doing something. I got to have something going on. And I'm not pointing a finger at you, but how many of you fall asleep with the TV on? And I look and I think, dear God, is that my idol? that I just, mm-hmm. Don't you bow your head here. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight, and we thank you for your Word and Lord. Within anything of your Scripture, like your heart today is not to beat us up, but it's to say, look, look to me. Look to me to be your satisfaction. And Father God, within every one of our hearts right now, we, we dive down in here. And Lord, we, we welcome you to purge anything that is the lust of the flesh, the eyes of the pride of life, that has begun to dominate us. And Father God, anything that's a counterfeit, that we've looked to things to make us happy. And Lord, even another label tonight, the things in our life that you said were vanity, useless, meaningless. Lord, we ask you to reveal those to us and purge us and heal us. Move us out of this area in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, when I ask God to start purging on me, I mean, there's, there's days he takes those little bitty clippers. Kind of like fingernail clippers and he began. And then there's other days he gets out those little bigger ones. And then there's some days he gets out those wounds. And then there's days I hear this, yeah! and he comes out with a chainsaw. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, but you know what? Anytime God starts purging on you and pruning on you, you know what he does that? He's got a harvest in mind. He's got a blessing in mind for you. So I'm just warning you, you hear that chainsaw tonight, okay, Lord, have at it. No, I'm just kidding you, okay? All right. Hey, I'm going to get you out of here. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.